Heidi, Chapter Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Kara Schallenberg. www.kara.org. Heidi, by Johanna Spyri, Chapter Two. At home with grandfather. As soon as Data had disappeared, the old man went back to his bench, and there he remained seated, staring on the ground without uttering a sound, while thick curls of smoke floated upward from his pipe. Heidi, meanwhile, was enjoying herself in her new surroundings. She looked about till she found a shed, built against the hut, where the goats were kept. She peeped in, and saw it was empty. She continued her search, and presently came to the fir trees behind the hut. A strong breeze was blowing through them, and there was a rushing and roaring in their topmost branches. Heidi stood still and listened. The sound growing fainter, she went on again to the farther corner of the hut, and so round to where her grandfather was sitting. Seeing that he was in exactly the same position as when she left him, she went and placed herself in front of the old man, and, putting her hands behind her back, stood and gazed at him. Her grandfather looked up, and as she continued standing there without moving, "'What is it you want?' he asked. "'I want to see what you have inside the house,' said Heidi. "'Come, then.' And the grandfather rose and went before her towards the hut. "'Bring your bundle of clothes in with you,' he bid her, as she was following. "'I shan't want them any more,' was her prompt answer. The old man turned and looked searchingly at the child, whose dark eyes were sparkling in delighted anticipation of what she was going to see inside. "'She is certainly not wanting in intelligence,' he murmured to himself. "'And why shall you not want them any more?' he asked aloud. "'Because I want to go about like the goats, with their thin, light legs.' "'Well, you can do so if you like,' said her grandfather." "'But bring the things in. We must put them in the cupboard.' Heidi did as she was told. The old man now opened the door, and Heidi stepped inside after him. She found herself in a good-sized room, which covered the whole ground floor of the hut. A table and a chair were the only furniture. In one corner stood the grandfather's bed. In another was the hearth, with a large kettle hanging above it, and on the further side was a large door in the wall. This was the cupboard. The grandfather opened it. Inside were his clothes, some hanging up, others, a couple of shirts and some socks and handkerchiefs, lying on a shelf. On a second shelf were some plates and cups and glasses, and on a higher one still, a round loaf, smoked meat, and cheese, for everything that Alm Uncle needed for his food and clothing was kept in this cupboard. Heidi, as soon as it was opened, ran quickly forward and thrust in her bundle of clothes, as far back behind her grandfather's things as possible, so that they might not easily be found again. She then looked carefully round the room and asked, "'Where am I to sleep, grandfather?' "'Wherever you like,' he answered. Heidi was delighted, and began at once to examine all the nooks and corners to find out 
where it would be pleasantest to sleep. In the corner near her grandfather's bed she saw a short ladder against the wall. Up she climbed, and found herself in the hay-loft. There lay a large heap of fresh, sweet-smelling hay, while through a round window in the wall she could see right down the valley. "'I shall sleep up here, Grandfather,' she called down to him. "'It's lovely up here. Come up and see how lovely it is.' "'Oh, I know all about it,' he called up in answer. "'I am getting the bed ready now,' she called down again, as she went busily to and fro at her work. "'But I shall want you to bring me up a sheet. You can't have a bed without a sheet. You want it to lie upon.' "'All right.' said the grandfather, and presently he went to the cupboard, and after rummaging about inside for a few minutes he drew out a long, coarse piece of stuff, which was all he had to do duty for a sheet. He carried it up to the loft, where he found Heidi had already made quite a nice bed. She had put an extra heap of hay at one end for a pillow, and had so arranged it that, when in bed, she would be able to see comfortably out through the round window. "'That is capital,' said her grandfather. "'Now we must put on the sheet, but wait a moment first. And he went and fetched another large bundle of hay to make the bed thicker, so that the child should not feel the hard floor under her. "'There, now bring it here.' Heidi had got hold of the sheet, but it was almost too heavy for her to carry. This was a good thing, however— as the close, thick stuff would prevent the sharp stalks of the hay running through and pricking her. The two together now spread the sheet over the bed, and where it was too long or too broad, Heidi quickly tucked it in under the hay. It looked now as tidy and comfortable a bed as you could wish for, and Heidi stood gazing thoughtfully at her handiwork. "'We have forgotten something now, Grandfather,' she said, after a short silence. "'What's that?' he asked. "'A coverlet. When you get into bed, you have to creep in between the sheets and the coverlet.' "'Oh, that's the way, is it? But suppose I have not got a coverlet,' said the old man. "'Well, never mind, Grandfather,' said Heidi, in a consoling tone of voice. "'I can take some more hay to put over me.' and she was turning quickly to fetch another armful from the heap, when her grandfather stopped her. "'Wait a moment,' he said, and he climbed down the ladder again, and went towards his bed. He returned to the loft with a large, thick sack, made of flax, which he threw down, exclaiming, "'There, that is better than hay, is it not?' Heidi began tugging away at the sack with all her little might, in her efforts to get it smooth and straight, but her small hands were not fitted for so heavy a job. Her grandfather came to her assistance, and when they had got it tidily spread over the bed, it all looked so nice and warm and comfortable that Heidi stood gazing at it in delight. "'That is a splendid coverlet,' she said, "'and the bed looks lovely altogether. I wish it was night.' so that I might get inside it at once. "'I think we might have something to eat first, said the grandfather. "'What do you think?' Heidi, in the excitement of bed-making, had forgotten everything else, 
But now, when she began to think about food, she felt terribly hungry, for she had had nothing to eat since the piece of bread and little cup of thin coffee that had been her breakfast early that morning, before starting on her long, hot journey. So she answered without hesitation, Yes, I think so too. Let us go down then, as we both think alike, said the old man, and he followed the child down the ladder. Then he went up to the hearth, pushed the big kettle aside, and drew forward the little one that was hanging on the chain, and seating himself on the round topped, three legged stool before the fire, blew it up into a clear bright flame. The kettle soon began to boil, and meanwhile the old man held a large piece of cheese on a long iron fork over the fire, turning it round and round. Till it was toasted a nice golden yellow colour on each side. Heidi watched all that was going on with eager curiosity. Suddenly, some new idea seemed to come into her head, for she turned and ran to the cupboard, and then began going busily backwards and forwards. Presently, the grandfather got up and came to the table with a jug and the cheese, and there he saw it already tidily laid with the round loaf and two plates. And two knives, each in its right place. For Heidi had taken exact note that morning of all that there was in the cupboard, and she knew which things would be wanted for their meal. Ah, that's right, said the grandfather. I am glad to see that you have some ideas of your own. And as he spoke, he laid the toasted cheese on a layer of bread. But there is still something missing. Heidi looked at the jug that was steaming away invitingly, and ran quickly back to the cupboard. At first she could only see a small bowl left on the shelf, but she was not long in perplexity, for a moment later she caught sight of two glasses further back, and without an instant's loss of time she returned with these and the bowl, and put them down on the table. Good, I see you know how to set about things, but what will you do for a seat? The grandfather himself was sitting on the only chair in the room. Heidi flew to the hearth, and dragging the three legged stool up to the table, sat herself down upon it. Well, you have managed to find a seat for yourself, I see, only rather a low one, I am afraid, said the grandfather. But you would not be tall enough to reach the table, even if you sat in my chair. The first thing now, however, is to have something to eat, so come along. With that he stood up, filled the bowl with milk, and placing it on the chair, pushed it in front of Heidi on her little three legged stool, so that she now had a table to herself. Then he brought her a large slice of bread and a piece of the golden cheese, and told her to eat. After which he went and sat down on the corner of the table, and began his own meal. Heidi lifted the bowl with both hands, and drank without pause till it was empty. For the thirst of all her long hot journey had returned upon her. Then she drew a deep breath. In the eagerness of her thirst, she had not stopped to breathe, and put down the bowl. Was the milk nice? asked her grandfather. I never drank any so good before, answered Heidi. Then you must have some more. And the old man filled her bowl again to the brim. And set it before the child, who was now hungrily beginning her bread, having first spread it with the cheese. 
which, after being toasted, was soft as butter. The two together tasted deliciously, and the child looked the picture of content as she sat eating, and at intervals taking further draughts of milk. The meal being over, the grandfather went outside to put the goat-shed in order, and Heidi watched with interest while he first swept it out, and then put fresh straw for the goats to sleep upon. Then he went to the little well-shed, and there he cut some long round sticks and a small round board. In this he bored some holes, and stuck the sticks into them, and there, as if by magic, was a three-legged stool just like her grandfather's, only higher. Heidi stood and looked at it, speechless with astonishment. "'What do you think that is?' asked her grandfather. "'It's my stool, I know, because it is such a high one, and it was made all of a minute,' said the child, still lost in wonder and admiration. "'She understands what she sees. Her eyes are in the right place,' remarked the grandfather to himself, as he continued his way round the hut, knocking in a nail here and there, or making fast some part of the door, and so, with hammer and nails and pieces of wood going from spot to spot, mending or clearing away wherever work of the kind was needed. Heidi followed him step by step, her eyes attentively taking in all that he did, and everything that she saw was a fresh source of pleasure to her. And so the time passed happily on till evening. Then the wind began to roar louder than ever through the old fir-trees. Heidi listened with delight to the sound, and it filled her heart so full of gladness that she skipped and danced round the old trees, as if some unheard-of joy had come to her. The grandfather stood and watched her from the shed. Suddenly a shrill whistle was heard. Heidi paused in her dancing, and the grandfather came out. Down from the heights above the goats came springing one after another, with Peter in their midst. Heidi sprang forward with a cry of joy, and rushed among the flock, greeting first one and then another of her old friends of the morning. As they neared the hut the goats stood still, and then two of their number, two beautiful slender animals, one white and one brown, ran forward to where the grandfather was standing, and began licking his hands, for he was holding a little salt, which he always had ready for his goats on their return home. Peter disappeared with the remainder of his flock. Heidi tenderly stroked the two goats in turn, running first to one side of them and then the other, and jumping about in her glee at the pretty little animals. "'Are they ours, Grandfather? Are they both ours? Are you going to put them in the shed? Will they always stay with us?' Heidi's questions came tumbling out one after the other, so that her Grandfather had only time to answer each of them with, "'Yes, yes.' When the goats had finished licking up the salt, her grandfather told her to go and fetch her bowl and the bread. Heidi obeyed, and was soon back again. The grandfather milked the white goat, and filled her basin, and then breaking off a piece of bread. "'Now eat your supper,' he said, "'and then go up to bed. Cousin Data left another little bundle for you, with a nightgown and other small things in it, which you will find at the bottom of the cupboard if you want them.' 
I must go and shut up the goats, so be off and sleep well. Good night, grandfather, good night. What are their names, grandfather, what are their names? She called out as she ran after his retreating figure and the goats. The white one is named Schwenli, and the brown one, Berli, he answered. Good night, Schwenli, good night, Berli, she called again at the top of her voice, for they were already inside the shed. Then she sat down on the seat and began to eat and drink, but the wind was so strong that it almost blew her away, so she made haste and finished her supper, and then went indoors and climbed up to her bed, where she was soon lying as sweetly and soundly asleep as any young princess on her couch of silk. Not long after, and while it was still twilight, the grandfather also went to bed, for he was up every morning at sunrise, and the sun came climbing up over the mountains at a very early hour during these summer months. The wind grew so tempestuous during the night, and blew in such gusts against the walls, that the hut trembled, and the old beams groaned and creaked. It came howling and wailing down the chimney like voices of those in pain, and it raged with such fury among the old fir-trees, that here and there a branch was snapped and fell. In the middle of the night the old man got up. "'The child will be frightened,' he murmured half aloud. He mounted the ladder, and went and stood by the child's bed. Outside the moon was struggling with the dark, fast-driving clouds, which at one moment left it clear and shining, and the next swept over it, and all again was dark. Just now the moonlight was falling through the round window straight on to Heidi's bed. She lay under the heavy coverlet, her cheeks rosy with sleep, her head peacefully resting on her little round arm, and with a happy expression on her baby face, as if dreaming of something pleasant. The old man stood looking down on the sleeping child until the moon again disappeared behind the clouds, and he could see no more. Then he went back to bed. End of chapter 2 Read by Kara Schallenberg On March 4th, 2006 in Oceanside, California.